first off, Charlie Taylor goes off after what? Eight minutes? Eight fucking minutes, yeah. right? And then... And then I'm and burning to get a clean sheet. Do you know what? That wasn't even the first part. The first part was that Don McCalvert-Lewin didn't even play because Everton City was called off. Now, thankfully, I've no city, so I can't complain that much. But you mean to tell me, FPL people and Premier League and bloody Spurs and Fulham, the irresponsible bastards over Christmas, actually trying to have a life and seeing their family, the pieces of shit, <laughs> because of them, I have Kane and I have Son and they're not going to play and they are directly costing me ranks. I'm blaming yeah. them directly. I don't care. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's a crazy week. Like you said, there's been four teams that haven't played. A lot of big assets in there. Calvert-Lewin, De Bruyne, Cancelo, Kane, Son. And then even like backup players who you might need this week, like Lukman or Anguisa. They're not even playing for Fulham. So yeah, it's just been nuts. And then like you said, Taylor, Charlie Taylor went off injured. Even Even for my team, I had quite a good week. We'll maybe chat about that a bit later, but... I had Vardy and Martial both benched because obviously it's these fixtures that are so close together straight after Boxing Day. Um, so yeah, everyone's team's been hit by absolute carnage. Some more than most. Um, a bit of bad luck in there. Uh, but we're going to talk about some things later on the pod about how to mitigate these sort of future risks. There's some things, there's some tips and advice that can help help everyone, I think. Yeah, it's all about mitigating risk through this current period. And I suppose just using your head, and we've got a lot of things here that people mightn't necessarily consider straight off the bat, but we're going to recommend they do and just talk about them. It is obviously going to be the hot topic of the week. And, you know, I actually think, Wes, I think it was either in the last podcast or the one before, me or you definitely made a joke or said about all the players are going to see their families at Christmas. There's going to be postponements. There's going to be fuck-ups to the fixture calendar. And, you know, that's why a strong bench is essential. Now, I should have followed my own advice or your advice <laughs> because I've Lamptey there who didn't play. Jamal Lewis, who's up against Liverpool, might even get a game. Um, yeah. It's not looking great, but we- we'll get into that in the podcast. Before we do that, I'll just give out a shout out to partners of the show, Fanslide. Uh, Fanslide is the world's first in-play fantasy football game, completely complimentary to FPL. It's not just another FPL, it is a different product altogether. As I always say each week, because I think it's particularly pertinent. It's just, you know, we do all this research, we understand all these players, we understand final third touches, shots in the box, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. You make your decisions, they're done by an hour and a half before the start of the game week. Why not use all that research on, a, on another platform? Yeah, and especially with the week that most people had an FBL, um, obviously you've you've locked in your team a few days ago, then it's gone to absolute shit. So why not play um, Fanslide, bringing players live in the game? You can't you can't go wrong there. You can't get <laughs> postponements, um, and you can actually use your fantasy knowledge to hopefully win yourself some cash or some bragging rights with your mates. Well, that's it. So they've got fixtures on the app on Wednesday, Friday. Um, I've looked at those. I'm pretty sure Saturday and Sunday too. Uh, mm. lots of them with cash up for grabs it is free to play though um, so yeah go give the Fanslide app a download and give it a go and let us know how you get on as I always say Wes straight up no kissing we're not going to dick around yeah. here this week and get into our teams and bore the tits off these people do you know they can stay around for that chat later in the podcast we'll maybe go through our teams skim yeah. through them look at some of the players look at potential transfers look at players that aren't in either of our teams that are on both of our radars or that we hate or whatever but this week's topic i'd say i, I mean 
these things always go on longer than we expect but i I did say the first 20 minutes at least of this podcast has to be around fixture postponements mitigating risk and basically to put it in a nutshell winners make their own luck ways you know there's a lot of luck and it's very easy to blame the luck aspect but there's a lot you can do to put the odds in your favor and just tilt the balance towards you um i think first up we just need to discuss everton city and spurs and fulham have obviously been postponed yeah did you have any sniff of this before the deadline did you do any planning around this or i know the fulham one was this and spurs is definitely after the deadline but particularly with everton and city were there any rumors yeah it's game weeks are blowing into one at the minute there's obviously so many game weeks back to back but in terms of city news i think that there was some covid rumors um or not so much rumors there was gabriel jesus and kyle walker missed out on the last premier league game i'm sure they did with obviously covid so there's a little bit of an indication that there's a problem at city potentially um and yeah so but it's it's tough so it's been an absolute it's been a perfect storm in terms of obviously there's boxing day fixtures on the 26th um and then fixtures straight after midweek on like the monday tuesday so rest time players like Vardy getting rested he plays you know pretty much every Premier League game when he's fit but he gets a rest so even without the Covid stuff you've got big players getting their rest because of the close um, the closeness of the fixtures adding to that four big te- well three big teams plus Fulham getting a postponement and it's just been a recipe for disaster there's even rumours that obviously we're recording this on on the Wednesday before the Liverpool game and there's rumours that Robbo uh, Andrew Robertson is going to get rested as well so, you know, I've preached about having a strong bench all season. I've got quite lucky in, in terms of out of the four postponements. I've only had Lookman who misses out, who was on my bench. So I've, I've, I have got lucky there. Um, but yeah, I haven't practiced what I preached because I couldn't quite get Lamptey out of my team. I didn't really want to take a minus four for my third bench player. Um, but, you know, maybe I should have focused my transfer there. Mm. Well... Um, yeah, go on. Sorry, just on that Liverpool thing again. Do you yeah. know it was only what three days ago they had a fixture uh, against West Brom. Finish one each, working right to the end. Salah Mane mm. played the full ninety. Bobby Firmino came off in the ninetieth minute. They're three starters who are in form who people have in their teams, and yeah. there is a good chance that at least one of them could be rotated. There is a good chance. I'm not saying it'll happen. Obviously, Klopp is probably one of the most predictable managers in the league, but. It's not outside the realms of possibility at all. Uh, yeah. And that'll just further sort of twist the knife. And Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of things we're going to go through today which kind of, you know, will help protect our teams against things like weeks like this going forward because there could be many yeah. of them. Um, yeah. And I suppose uh, if you're ready, I can start going through the little bullet points we have here and things we wanted to discuss. Yeah, I ju- yeah absolutely. Just one thing I will say before we do get started, that if you're sitting here listening to this and your team's had a you've had a shocker in this game week you know don't worry about it too much there's gonna be a lot of people in the same boat a lot of people who can't field 11 players you know my own team I'm looking likely to field eight starters and then Martial and Vardy with cameo appearances so you know it's not it's it's one of those weeks where it's happened to a lot of people it's not just your team so that's it's kind of a good thing at least that you know, we're all in the same boat. And if, you, if you're mini league rivals in the same boat, then no one's sort of lost or won too much ground. Mm. 
absolutely. I, I mean, I'm just... It is what it is. Weeks like this hit everyone. Some people get lucky this week, but, you know, the law of averages, albeit there's only 38 game weeks, maybe you will be slightly unlucky. Mm. But it'll, it'll catch up on everyone in the end in different yeah. ways. Uh, we all have our shit weeks. We all have injuries. We all have Charlie Taylors or transferring out Ben Chilwells and then he comes and plays 90 minutes and get an assist. You know, we all have these things going on. So, look, I suppose it's about picking yourself up not getting yeah. too down about FPL. It's FPL at the end of the day. 100%. And, yeah, focusing on what you can do to protect your team going forward. So the first thing, and these are in genuinely in no particular order, but something that is a lot of people wouldn't think about, and I'll be honest with you, Wes, I wouldn't have thought about it, but it's a lot of people have been stung by it this week, mm. is your captain and vice-captaincy and why it's so important to pick different games, particularly this season. Now, you were saying to me just before we recorded... You you would have done this anyway, probably through well, winters in yeah. particular. So even without COVID in previous FPL seasons, in the winter, if there was sometimes you get um, you know rumours about certain games being called off. Um, I think I remember one year Man City was in in doubt, and I wanted I I was thinking about I can't remember the exact players. Let's just say it was Aguero and De Bruyne, you know, captain and vice because they had a plum home fixture. I think I actually then changed my vice to someone in a different fixture just because um, of that doubt. So yeah, you know, this week, some people would have got stung by Kane and Son. Um, it is, you have been unlucky because, you know, we did expect Kane and Son to both play. Mourinho doesn't rotate those two. Uh, there was no real indication that game would have been called off, but, you know, a way to, in the, the lesson there is in future game weeks, COVID can strike at any time, especially in England at the minute, it's, you know, it's rampant. So, what you need to do is just if you know if you wanted to captain Kane this week, do that, and then put your vice captain as the likes of Salah, Bruno Fernandes, um, whoever really who was playing in a completely different fixture, and therefore you you know you giving yourself an extra chance to make sure you get a starter, sorry, a captain out there. Mm. I mean, it just makes so much sense whenever you talk about it, but a lot of people wouldn't maybe be considering that. Yeah, do you know. But yeah, thankfully this week I had Salah captain. I was saying to you again just before we recorded, I was sorely tempted with Kane. Do you mm. know, the fixture with Fulham, it just made sense in so many ways. And But thankfully I sort of stuck to the sort of sheep mentality. Everyone seemed to be going Salah. I'll, I'll go Salah and protect myself. And it's, it's turned out to be a great decision because this, this yeah. week could have been a disaster like for Especially- me. Yeah, I was just going to say if you'd have done it, if you'd have put it, if you'd have put your captain on Kane, you'd have probably just thought, or you know, some players uh, might have just thought, right, you know, Kane's definitely going to start. Kane captain, their vice captain isn't a big consideration. So many teams, so many times, I see vice captains on players where uh, people haven't given it much thought. But in every week, I always do give it thought, and you know, especially now, we've just seen how paramount it is. Because if you had a gone Kane captain, but if you'd have been smart and obviously vice captain Salah, then it would. Been fine, but if you'd have, you know, if you hadn't thought about it too much, then you could have been stung with a, a cane and a sun captain in vice. Do you remember last season? You might remember this better than me. I can't remember mm. the ins and outs of it, and people listening will definitely remember it. Um, there was the Kevin De Bruyne, was a lot of people's vice on one week. Um, and who there was a big player, it could have been Salah, it could have been Bruno, it could have been a striker who didn't start. He pulled up in the in the warm up or something. I don't know if you remember this. This was oh, last season, sure. and De Bruyne scored like an eighteen nineteen pointer. I remember people getting. Um, I think it was maybe Sterling and De Bruyne captain and vice. Sterling missed out entirely, and De Bruyne smashed it. Might have been that. I, I kind of remember that, but yeah, things like that can happen. So your vice captain is always important, mm. especially with you, you know, especially at this time of the year. Take the COVID thing out of it. Like I just said earlier, Vardy gets 
rested um, and comes off the bench and other players Leicester played virtually a B team uh, Palace even Palace rotated Palace you know Roy Hodgson plays the same back four every week pretty much but even he rested players like I know people haven't really got him in a minute but Van Arnold missed out for Mitchell and, and stuff like that so yeah at this time of the year you just never know who's going to miss out and like I said, add the COVID factor into it. Either individuals can miss out on games or whole games can be postponed like we've just seen. Another consideration is tripling up on teams. Yes, yes. It's never been riskier. Yeah. So is that, yeah, I want to, again, I'll talk about my own team a little bit, but it's applicable. So I've got double, I'm building towards double game week 19. So that filters my amount of teams I can target from 20 teams down to 10. So there's definitely less, you know, less teams to choose from because I am, hoping to go big on that um so this week i took out calvert lewin who was someone who didn't have a double game week and hasn't been performing too well in the last few weeks when he has played he's kind of um because i think everton's creativity has gone down with luca dean not being in the team james rodriguez richarlison etc so i took out calvert lewin for martial but i already had fernandez and rashford now I don't regret that because Martial, I knew there was a chance he wouldn't play in this game week because obviously Cavan is there, a good player, and you know games close together. But I thought, right, bring Martial in. He might come off the bench against Wolves and grab me something. But in the long term, I want him for the double game week. And I also want Rashford and Fernandes. But now I'm thinking with this COVID stuff, if I'd have got, um, if Man United would have been the team that got their game called off, if Wolves had have come down with a, a COVID problem, then I'm missing out on three big players there out of my team. Mm. Um plus the likes of Carrie and Lamptey, plus obviously Balbuena, who was on my bench, he missed out this week. So I'd have been really struggling this week if um, Man United would have been the team called off. So I do regret going triple. And what my plan now is, I will persevere with that until the double game week in 19. And then I will definitely look to ship at least one of those out mm. and try and make, well, I don't want to completely write off triple ups because I do like them. In the past, I've had great success with them. I remember a couple of seasons ago having Coutinho, uh, Firmino and Mane I think this was sort of pre-salad days and that worked well and even obviously this season you know people have got the likes of Dallas Rafinha and Bamford as a good triple up so I don't want to write it off completely but what I'm saying is if you want to play you know risk averse if you're thinking any fixture can get postponed at any point then it makes sense not to have three from one team and maybe max it to a max it to a double up maybe max it to a what sorry Max it to an FBL double up. Double up. S- subscribe son. here. <laughs> subscribe, hit like, leave a review. Thanks, baby. Um, I got carried away there. Sorry, I just love hearing our name actually used within the yeah. podcast because it, yeah. while it is definitely like a, an FPL cliche, it's not used as frequently as I'd like. Anyway, um, yeah. So the triple ups are definitely very risky. They're always they're risky. You know, yeah. They're always a bit risky. They always are. Do you mm. know? Well. It depends on the team you're backing and their fixtures, etc., etc. There's a lot of factors, but this year, I don't think anyone can say there has been a riskier time. There just hasn't been because we yeah. haven't had a pandemic. Especially since FPL has existed. Like you say, yeah, it's definitely risky because of that, and also the form this year. I think I heard the commentators in the Man United game saying something like, um, oh, "I can't remember the exact stat, but virtually every team in the league has been beaten by at least three goals." Um, if you think Liverpool obviously got spanked early on in the season, and then you've got. Uh, it was something like no team has won more than three in a row or something. I can't like I've probably got the stats slightly wrong, but the the point is that and the league table shows us how tight it is. You know, in previous years gone by, we've had Liverpool and the City winning like you know ten odd games in a row, but that's just not happened this year. Mm. So you take my Man United triplet for example. 
if you know I got fairly lucky there as well in terms of a late goal from Rashford assisted by my captain Fernandez so yeah you know a huge slice of fortune there because the game was kind of petering out towards a nil-nil um so there would have been three players blanking straight off the bat and then you know United then have Aston Villa in the next game could be another blank and then I'm kind of lying on the double so I have taken a gamble there um, and then, like, obviously, I don't want to repeat myself, but you're adding the COVID factor, the rotation factor, blah, blah, blah. It is risky tripling up, but then I guess it's kind of high risk, high reward. If you get one of those games where, you know, when it was that, when, when United battered Leeds 6 2, if you'd have had three United players that game, you'd have probably cleaned up. And likewise, we have other big results this season. So it can work both ways. But I think, yeah, it can work both ways high risk, high reward. But I mm. think, I genuinely think if you want to be a very competitive FPL manager at the minute, you shouldn't be going for a high-risk strategy like that at a time like this. I think the clever move, the smart move, while it might pay off to go triple whatever, the move is to de-risk slightly, cover your bases. And that leads on nicely to de-risking slightly, covering your bases. The bench, you know, this is something that we've talked about probably every episode this season. Everyone on Twitter talks about it everywhere. Everyone on every forum there is. Hot topic of the season, you could say, with covid Depth has never been more important, you know. You need to, like, put depth into your bench and value on the bench isn't a bad thing with da-da-da-da-da. And no one listens. Some people listen. Some people definitely listen, but a lot of people mm. don't. Myself kind of included. Like, I have Suchek there, Lamptey. Okay, they're not rag four millions, like, but Lewis. Lamptey's not playing this week. Lewis is up against Liverpool. Even if he does plays, he's probably scoring zero or negative points. Yeah, It's, it's you know, my thing going into next week is now, right... I'm happy with the core of my team. I'm happy with the big players. None of them are bad players. But I'm going to get rid of Lamptey and I'll probably get rid of Lewis from my two transfers. Yeah. Strengthen. And I've only got like 0.6 in the bank, but strengthen them to just players who get two points every week. That's what I want. If you get two points every week and an assist every few weeks or this or that, great. A we clean sheet every so often, wonderful. But it's about having starters um, so that whenever, because this yeah. week, Kane and Son aren't playing for me, neither is Calvert-Lewin. Lamptey yeah, isn't coming on. Those points, Whatever yeah. about Lewis. Taylor is injured for me. Do you know I need to have playing playing players on my bench? Yeah. So the and the good thing about defenders is there's a lot of choice in that sort of four point five to five million bracket. And also if you're playing the double game week strategy of bringing in players from those teams, you've got Southampton asset, assets at that price. Bednarek, Stevens, uh, Kyle Walker Peters, although he is on four yellow cards, so watch out for that. Oh, I've got also, him as well, Wes. <laughs> let's hope he gets another yellow then um, you've also got yeah, the, the cheap Bernie players um, cheap Leeds players Alioski came up with a goal last night I believe he's still only 4.4 million I don't know if he's gone up to 4.5 Dallas is around 4.8 he's getting goals and it's, uh, assists clean sheets um, I'm not going to list every good player there but my general point is if you want to build for that double have a strong bench without breaking the bank then you can um, you can do that on, on the cheap so yeah, that's what how I like to play. I like to have a, a a little bit of money on the bench, but not too much. So I like them sort of four point five defenders for my bench. I like a five million midfielder rather than going real dirt cheap. And another consideration for me is again a lot of people doing this who are looking to bench boost in week nineteen, so it will be applicable. I've got uh, McCarthy and his backup Forster. The the thinking there that if McCarthy gets injured, suspended, whatever, Forster plays, jobs are good and. But obviously now I'm, I'm rethinking that for the for the rest of the season because I probably want two playing keepers now for the rest of the season because if Southampton's game gets called off for COVID, I've got no keeper. So I'm thinking 
I am going to upgrade my subkeeper to someone who has a double. And then for the rest of the season, I'm just going to have two playing keepers. And if I get it, you know, you're bound to get it wrong in terms of leaving points on the bench one week here and there. But I think I'd rather that than risk having having no playing keeper. And that that's actually a big one there, Wes, that we, you know, wasn't in the wee notes here before we started talking. I always used to, when I played without consuming FPL content, I always went for a rotational keeping keeper pair. That's just what I did, and it made sense to me at the time, and I always thought this was great. But then whenever I started caring and listening to podcasts, and when we started recording this season, I think I put it to you almost... Um, in fact, we didn't start recording at the start of the season. Who did I put this to? Who did I talk? I think I talked about this to you yeah. on one of our early episodes, but it wasn't before the season, about this keeper conundrum. And the, the answer from everyone within the FPL community is pretty much... It's not worth having to. It's not worth having that value on the bench. You won't make it up from a keeper. Do you know? Mm. Everyone wants that that rag keeper who is cheap, cheap, cheap who doesn't play. But this again is another consideration now with COVID risk, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Particularly with that double, if you're bench boosting, you'll you'll have them both playing. But for the rest of the season. I, I suppose I'm really just repeating everything you said, but it's just a double down. That that's a really important point. This could be yeah. a transition from the shitty keepers to just stick an extra half million in and have someone who might get you a clean sheet every yeah, so exactly. often. My my thinking has definitely shifted with these fixture postponements. I was kind of along the lines of, you know, McCarthy might get COVID himself or minor injury himself, and I'll always have a playing keeper. But now with the postponements, I'm thinking, okay, I you know i'd rather have those two playing keepers and it gives you a chance to you know the large majority of the time playing the keeper in the easier fixture will yield you more points um you know if you look at so i've had mccarthy if you look at his big points this season he's got it against the lower teams he hasn't got it against the likes of you know he conceded against man city conceded loads against spurs so he has conceded against the big teams and done better against the smaller teams so if i was rotating him i'd have probably done okay um, you do occasionally get caught out with you know a random nil nil away at Liverpool for a cheap keeper, but they are few and far between. So, I think for the rest of the season, have two four point five ish million keepers, rotate them. If one misses out for COVID, I'll have a keeper coming in off the bench, and then you know what, and that's you know that's like making your own luck, John. So, if that does happen, and I get a, you know a nine pointer from you know Messley or off the bench or something, you know all my mini league rivals and all my mates will be saying how lucky that was, but. Essentially, I'll put that money into my subkeeper to get that luck. So if that does happen, then it will be, you know, part luck that you've got the score, but also part good planning. Winners make their own luck, Wes. I'm going to say it five times throughout this yeah, podcast. I, I, I highly believe in that yeah, me too. In, in a lot of aspects in life. Mm. But maybe we should title the podcast that. I don't know. We'll discuss that after. It's funny. I've just got a message. We have a couple more points to cover on this, but I've got a message from my cousin, Brandy. Yeah. Old Brandy Nellis, who who loves his FPL. We've been in a mini league for years. We shit talk all the time, yeah. and he's having an exceptional season. He is on one thousand and eight points, fifteen k overall rank. Do you know this is if I have to put this into context? Do you know, like last few years, he's finished six hundred k, one point four million, two point five million, yeah, one million. So, know, this season? is exceptional, yeah. right? He just texts me, COVID fucking the FPL up. Half my team didn't play, all in the same boat though. That's a bit of positivity. Yeah. I like that. A few more in the league will get postponed for sure. Mm, we'd see. Mm. Vaccinate the players ASAP. It's the only thing we've got to look forward to for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> I know he listens. So that's a shout out to Brandy having a hernia. I see he has Kane, KDB, John Stones 
and Cavert Lewin. So he's having an absolute Poor nightmare. Bastard. There's a lot of us in that Poor bastard. in that boat. But yeah, so we've talked about the bench, the importance of of yeah. that. Basically, the keepers has been mm. covered. The last thing, kind of on this, I think. To, well, there's two more things, but one of them is leaving transfers last minute. Essentially, forget about price changes. Yeah. Do you know the next deadline is on the first New Year's Day, four PM deadline. I'm going to be making my transfers at three thirty, three forty-five. If I can, if I have the balls to do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, particularly with, as you said before, we recorded. City are playing Chelsea. Fulham are playing Burnley. Those fixtures, based on the information we currently have, you need to be very cautious of, and I'm sure a few more will pop out of the woodwork in the next couple of days. Yeah, so exactly. So with Fulham and City having the problems, you want to be looking at the team they're facing next, just because you know there's no guarantee that those squads will be fit enough to play. And you know, and obviously the quick turnaround, like you just said, New Year's Day is only it's right around the corner. So avoid those teams if you can, and wait to the last minute. So like you, John, I'll be waiting until three pe- like an hour before the deadline. I'll set an alarm on my phone so that I know. You know, not to miss it. Wherever I am, I'll pick it up, make my last-minute transfer. Then check all news before I do. Go on Twitter or wherever you get your, your news from, and yeah, and then you can make a more informed decision, which is going to be uh, you know more beneficial than saving a 0.1 here and there on team value. Exactly, exactly. I think the team value. There's players who play for it and players who don't. I mean, my team value. I don't. Is this good? Where's what's what's a good team value at the minute? Do you have any idea? I don't know, and I'm trying not to care at all this year, which is another point that I always think that there's always an option. So I think my team value is okay just because it's naturally sort of gone up. But if it wasn't, I've obviously brought my transfer in this week was Calvert-Lewin to Marshall because I could afford that. But now I'm, I'm already thinking, I, I, I kind of looked at Rodrigo from Leeds who ended up with a goal in the West Brom game and he has a double. I was looking at all double game players, like I said. Shea Adams is a lot cheaper and will possibly score similar to Martial. So... Um, if I didn't have that money, if I had had a million less or whatever it was, there's always options out there. Likewise, I, I listed a load of cheap defenders at the start. Um, I've got someone like Andy Robertson in my team, but you can easily make up make up ground with cheap cheap defenders. I've banged on about Lookman and Soychek enough in previous weeks. They're both cheap and, and decent options. My, my point being basically is I, I think you could actually um, cap yourself and play every week with sort of five million in the bank and still put together a good team. Mm. So that's why I... I'm trying not to care about team value. Well, if you don't care, I'll tell you anyway. 103.7 is yours and mine is 104.6. But you're doing way better than me. So maybe I need to just make more transfers. I've only made 13 transfers. But I think it's it's one of those where, you know, it's I'm saying, you know, don't care about the team value. I genuinely haven't even looked at it this season. I, I yeah. haven't. And it's so important. Now. Like from a like I come from a kind of in terms of FP like FPL and my content, people might know me from like a gambling background. Do you know, it's about tilting the odds in your favour and, and do you know yeah. it doesn't make sense financially, FPL point wise, the risk to reward to save point one to make a transfer earlier in the week. At the minute, it's like these are very quick turnaround fixtures, and maybe you could argue yeah. there's less time for things to go wrong. But particularly when we get into back to sort of five six days between fixtures or whatever, that's a lot of time for something to go wrong. Do you know? Yeah. So I think particularly when we get back into that sort of schedule in January to save yourself point one point two point three even across a few transfers, it just doesn't pay 
the points that you could potentially lose. It just doesn't. So it's just not worth it. If you if you're still caring about price changes, um, you should really take a long hard look at yourself. Um, or come back and tell us how we're wrong. That would be interesting. Please do. If you think I'm talking yeah. shit, please tell me. Multiple multiple ways of playing FPL for sure. It's yeah. just some uh, you know being a, you know trying to take a risk averse approach, especially this year. Um, it is a good time to not care about those things and not take those gambles, as we've seen with the feature postponements, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And the last topic on this, um, which might sort of segue into other things, is mm. the blank and double plans. Does this scupper those plans in any way or change your planning? Now I know it's only a game week or two away, but you know later in the season now we're probably due to have a few more double game weeks, blanks, different sort of things going on because yeah. there'll be more and more games postponed. Yeah, exactly. So the, these fixtures that have been postponed will have to be rearranged into other double game weeks. I believe I'm not 100 percent sure. I believe they won't be. Re- um, it's looking unlikely that they're going to be rearranged in the short term. So these next sort of, you know, weeks 17, 18, 19 aren't likely to be affected. So I'm going to continue with my plan of having 15 double game week players for a big bench boost in week 19. If there are some random postponements or if my squad goes to pot a little bit with a couple of injuries, I'll just rein that plan in. And instead of bench boosting, I might use a triple captain that week and have 11 players. So go aiming for a bench boost now. But being flexible that if I do get hit with four injuries, no problem. I'll just play 11 players instead of bench boosting. I'll have 11 double game with players and that's good. And then save my bench boost for later on. So no, I'm still aiming for the bench boost. I'll be flexible with news that breaks. You know, I'm targeting players from the 10 teams that do currently have doubles in week 19. Um, but if, you know, if Spurs get added into that mix, then, you know, great. I'll I'll look at getting in Kane instead of whoever else I was targeting, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, you see, as I've already said, I suppose last week we talked about this a lot, uh, the planning, wasn't it? was last episode, wasn't it? We talked a lot about the planning for doubles, or was that two episodes? Yeah, uh, exactly, yeah, and, and also just a caveat, what I've, so it doesn't change my plan, but it is obviously squad dependent, etc., etc., and it's all depending on the news, so if I'm wrong and these fixtures do get rearranged into, uh, you know, so there's, we've got a big blank coming up, but some teams, you know, you might be thinking, oh, I need to free hit in that week, then all of a sudden, for you, John, say if you know Spurs get rearranged into that game week, etc., all of a sudden you've gone from maybe six players to ten, and therefore you could save your free hit. Um, I'm speaking completely hypothetically, of course. So yeah, that's why with everything, be flexible, wait for news, and then tweak your plans if needs be. Yeah, and I suppose having some sort of plan is better than having no plan, and just being flexible with those plans is key this season. How many times mm. you have to say flexibility and depth? But it's just it is what it is this year. But yeah, I think the reason I brought it up was that last week we talked about it just because it was very obvious, I suppose, when we were talking then, how little of this planning I've done in previous seasons and how this season I'm trying to change that. And after we recorded yeah. last week, I went up and counted my blank and double game week players yeah. and I decided to actually target the double more because based on the players I had, injuries I had and players I wanted rid of, while I had more and it suited me maybe to target the blank they were with players that I didn't particularly want or want to keep. So it made more sense for me to just, even if it gave me a minus four, I'm banking that the other players on my team can make up for it. And the reason I kept Kane and Son is because of beautiful fixtures running up to it. And I was thinking, if I'm going to pivot and make them into the double game weekers, I want to leave those premiums and do them the last week and bring in the yeah. big hitters um, because I like their fixtures. But obviously that hasn't worked out too well. Yeah, And you could also go for, you know, Kate, 
uh, I'll, I'll also I'm personally going for 15 double game players because it suits my team structure but I also like the strategy that some people are doing of you know similar to mine but instead of 15 double game players they may be going for you know 12 or 13 plus the likes of really good single game players like Kane and Son who have a really nice fixture that week as well who could you know they could um, I'm sure that they could easily match a double game player for sure so that's an equally viable strategy mm. Well, I think that's that's about all we I have in the notes anyway here to talk about postponed slash cancelled slash yeah. whatever fixtures. Um, is there anything you want to talk about on that, or will we go on and have we look at teams, talk more yeah. player specific stuff? I feel like we've covered that in a lot of depth, and we don't want to keep going over the same points. So yeah, I think we've cr- provided a lot there, which hopefully people have found useful and they can apply going forward. Um, yeah, it's all about learning for the future game, which we can't affect previous weeks that's just happened or you know you can't affect it now if you've got a load of players who have missed out but what you can do is mitigate those risks for future game weeks absolutely so we'll run into your team ways first will we and then we'll get to mine yep um they are very different which is brilliant so it'll get us around the houses and then we'll maybe have a look at players who perform particularly well this week or disappointed um, and talk sort of player specific stuff so do you want to talk us through your team briefly yeah so my team i've got my I've got 13 double game week players in place so far and my next two transfers are planned out for um, Lamptey and Forster out for two cheap double game week options. But yeah, my, t- my current team is McCarthy in goal, a nice nine-pointer there. Um, Loughton from Burnley with a clean sheet. Dallas, who just keeps performing. I think four weeks in a row he's got returns now. I think he's got yeah, a goal against Newcastle, followed that up by a goal against Man United followed that up with a clean sheet and then followed that up with a clean sheet and assist yesterday So and three bonus points. So Dallas, you know, really loving having him. I've got Robertson and Salah, who at the time of recording haven't played yet. And then I've got Soricek. Fernandez was my captain, like I alluded to earlier. Um, bit of a last-minute lucky assist there, but equally, you know, you could argue that I was unlucky that he didn't score in the first half. I don't know if you saw that chance, John, but it was a good save by mm. Patricio. Rashford with a goal, uh, two goals, two game weeks there. So I took him out for, I took out De Bruyne for him. So that's working out. And I could have put Son in as well at that, that time because they were the similar price. But so far, Rashford's done okay. Vardy and Martial up front, who both came off the bench. Again, I'm not panicking there because Vardy's had his rest. So that's kind of good for the future. It's bad now, but I'm not thinking, oh, you know, Vardy's missed out. I need to transfer him out. I'm thinking yeah. Vardy's rested for the for the running. And with Martial, I'm not really sure what's going on in terms of is Cavani now first choice? I'm hoping not. But like I said, he's only in for week 17 and 19. I'm free hitting in 18. And then he can be gone. So it's only two more game weeks. I've got to put up with Martial if he does frustrate. On my bench, I've got Lookman, who's obviously had a fixture postponed. So I got really unlucky there compared to you, John, who, who lucked out. I've got couldn't resist that I've got Balbuena who didn't play but again I've heard uh, reading up on that that looks like it was just a rest so again good bad for now because I could have used him um, to come into my team this week but it's not to be but looking on the positive side and looking to the future that looks like he's more nailed on for the future and I've got Lamptey sitting there rotting who will be coming out shortly so yeah, yeah. I, just just before I move on, obviously they're my players, but in terms of, um, I've had a really good. Uh, Here we go. Here we go. Good rise in the ranks, John. You want to hear about indeed. it? He has indeed. I'm sitting around after the auto subs are added for players, and I'll, I will go down a little bit tonight because I haven't got Salah captain. I would have gotten down even more with Kane and Son, but I'm sitting around the 25k mark in the overall rankings, and 
I'm just trying to get at my... 10 green arrows in a row. Yeah, and I think in week... I think it was week six, I was ranked 1.4 million. So basically the first sort of five, six game weeks of the season, I was hovering around, you know, 1.2, 1.3, 1.4 million. And then got a big jump up to around 800k. And since then, every game week, I've gone up a little bit each week or some weeks a big week. And now I'm sitting around, yeah, the sort of 20, 30k mark in the overall rank. So my point here isn't to brag about that at all. There's still a long way to go and I still want to improve on that. Um, but my point is that if you are languishing down below, then you know, three, four, five game weeks or even less than that, you can jump up. You see stories all the time of people being stuck in a rut, a rut and then all of a sudden a few game weeks turns and they're up there. So don't give up. Don't start making stupid decisions thinking, oh, I've got to catch up. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I haven't done any of that. I've just played my normal game, played sensible, haven't looked particularly for differentials. I have got quite a lot in there just because that, they're the players I wanted, but... I happily bought in Calvert-Lewin fairly late when he was on good form. He wasn't a differential. I bought him in, he got me points and, and now he's gone. And likewise, like I said, yeah, I'm not targeting certain players. I'm just trying to get that squad that's going to get me the points. Yeah, it's, I'm the same. Actually, when I look at my sort of game week history, game week six seemed to be a turning point. I don't Was that yeah. when we started recording? No, we haven't got that many episodes. Anyway, I was at a peak of 3.2 million in game week two and then sort of worked it back. Game week six had a bad week, a red arrow for the first time in a few, 1.4 million. And since then, there's only been one red arrow. Went from 1.4 to 1.3 to 600k, 400. Then I had another red arrow, which got me back up over like 650. And then it's Mm. just been 500, 400, 300, 250, 215. And it just shows that, like, look, there's big numbers there, but you can very quickly get it back. And it's amazing just how much a point or two matter at the minute and will continue to matter. And people need to remember, there's a lot of people, as we always say, Margaret from the office or whoever, who play their chips very early, who picked the Cain and Sons at the start because it made sense. So there's a lot of these people Mm. who've had blessed starts who will fall off or whatever. So in terms of actual ranks, while it might be almost a false rank in many ways, you will climb quicker later in the season. Yeah, it's like the whole, what's it, the tortoise and the hare. Slow and steady wins the race for sure. There will be people who have raced out in front who have played at big early doors, have got lucky early doors, or, you know, I don't want to say lucky, but, you know, they've got a lot of points early doors and then they're going to collapse. They're not going to, they're not going to play the blanks and doubles correctly um, and things like that. So if you keep doing those things, you will rise in it virtually, you know, I've played FPL six, seven, eight years, whatever it is now. And pretty much every year, them last sort of 10 game weeks, I'm always, I always go up from wherever I was at this sort of stage of the season to the end. It's just inevitable. If you, if you play it, play it correctly each week, play it sensible. And yeah, that's would all you, say, really. sorry, right now your rank is sitting at 20k, 2605. Mm. Would you take that rank right now? Uh, probably after a pretty poor start. Um, yeah, it would mean that would be, what was it, six, seven or eight consecutive finishes in the top 32k. I would like a top 10k finish. Um, but would I take it? Possibly yes, with how crazy this season is. Yeah, it's so unpredictable. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's your team. Will I run through mine quickly? Yeah, but let's, let's talk about yours. So, I'm sitting 21 points worse off than you so far this game week. And you also have the two Liverpool guys to go. Now, I do have Salah captain, but I have Martinez and goal, who I'm used to getting double-digit uh, double holes. But no, unfortunately, just yeah, the three he's points. he's been a beast. 
Dallas, who has been amazing. Kyle Walker-Peters has done me well the last couple of weeks. Taylor, who got taken off, which is a shame, particularly with a clean sheet. Bruno, Jack Grealish, who's actually been relatively disappointing over the past five game weeks. Do you know, he's blanked every fixture bar one where he got 10 points. You should have got Zaha, John. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Man United taught them up next. Yeah, I love Grealish. I think he's a cracking player. I I properly went down that hole last week, but he's starting to concern me a little bit. Um, It's interesting with Grealish. I've got a bit of a theory with him. It's like some, he does create a lot of chances and he should definitely have more assists to his name. And there's also games where it's like, you know, the Liverpool game and the Southampton game where he can get you big hauls. But sometimes he's kind of, lacking that sort of ruthlessness to be, you know, Salah wants to sh- shoot as much as he can. Harry Kane loves shooting. Um, uh, you know, Bruno Fernandes is, you know, make sure he's involved. He takes penalties. He gets shots away. He goes into the box to try and score. He's trying to actually find that killer pass for the assists. And I'm not saying Grealish doesn't do that a lot, but maybe his finishing isn't quite as good as those players. And although like overall play, every, like I'm pretty sure virtually every game for Villa this season, he's been virtually man of the match or one of the best two or three players on the pitch and obviously played so well for England, etc., etc. But in terms of it, translating that into FPL points, there's something just not happening for him. Whether that's a bit of bad luck in terms of his teammates not finishing his chances, there's definitely some of that. There's so many games I watch where I think that should be a greatest assist. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, he's just not... He, he is and he isn't, isn't he? He is getting FPL points still. He did get huge scores against, like I said, Liverpool, Southampton. He did get a 10-pointer, I think it was, against West Brom. Yeah, um, he's four double-digit holes. He had a West Ham yeah. ten-pointer as well. Do you know he gets, and he's, yeah. he's still do he is doing well, but I feel like with how good he is, I feel like he should. And maybe next season or in the future, I don't know. Maybe maybe a stage this season, he will go on blistering FPL form as well and just be and score as well as those real premium players. But just at the minute, like you say, he's going through games and affecting it without getting the FPL points. I think, like, I can genuinely see him getting a transfer to a bigger club. I don't know who that is, because I don't know who needs a kind of left winger. Can he play on the right? I don't know, but he's brilliant on that left-hand side, cutting in. Um he 10 as well. But if he, yeah, he's been playing there as mm. well. But if he, I just I just always see him, he's so dangerous on the left. Um, But yeah, if he gets that move to a team that he gets 90 minutes each game week, I can see him becoming one of those and this is a big statement I'm, I'm really sucking Grealish off the last couple of weeks but I can see him becoming like a borderline FPL great over a few seasons because he does everything right and if he's feeding in players who finish chances yeah that will help I just see him being brilliant but maybe maybe I'm just we'll see I think like I said I think he's got a chance to definitely develop into that player um, there's yeah there's some talk and I kind of agree in terms of is he a ruthless finisher I don't know how he got he's got a lot of his points from assists this year hasn't he he has obviously chipped in with a few goals, but he's not one of those, um, you know, type of midfielders who who could we compare to? I don't know. Obviously, Lampard back in the day was a cent- like a, a midfield player who would go in and score goals. Bruno Fernandez now that sort of player, he's not that sort of. You're not expecting a goal every time Greenish plays. You're kind of expecting assists, I guess. Um, yeah, I suppose that's but, the difference. Um, that's not me. Like I do still think he's a good asset, and he definitely could have a big period. But just at the minute, like you said, there's. There's a few blanks in there, isn't there? And a couple of assists against West Brom. Um, He's the type of player that could punish you. Do you know that you know you get rid of him now after holding him all season, yeah. and he goes to United and somehow scores two, is he, or gets a golden assist. That can happen. Hundred yeah. as well. 
Anyway, moving on, Son is in the team, unfortunately, but I'll keep him. A couple of great fixtures coming up. I've kept him this long. I'm going to keep him for the next few. Bruno, I think I mentioned. Salah captain, which I'm thankful for. Calvert-Lewin isn't playing. Bamford. Bamford. Yes. Bamford's on penalties. Yes. And Bamford has penalties until he misses one. Yeah. He's told us as much. This is a good, uh, good opportunity to talk about Bamford and Leeds in general. Just looking back at... So Bamford's got 10 goals, 5 assists, and that's... Obviously, only one of them has been a penalty. If he took every penalty this season, he'd possibly have a few more goals as well. He, yeah, just brilliant. Leads are brilliant. There's so many options there, and they're all so cheap. You've got defenders, Alioski and Dallas, getting attacking returns for under 5 million. You've got all, uh, none of them are priced over 6 million. You've got like the likes of Jack Harrison, Rafina, um, And then at front, you've even got two strikers you can pick from um, in Bamford and Rodrigo. And again, the only player that leads over 6 million is Bamford so that's another reason why that kind of bringing it back to that point I've got again I haven't got triple leads I've got something like say Rashford in midfield or Martial up front I could easily swap one of those two down to a Leeds midfield or a striker and just sit there with three million in the bank and not be punished points wise yeah I think their, their midfield in particular have some great enablers and like I'm looking there if I did bite the bullet on the likes of Grealish do you know there's Harrison for yeah. for five point four, and I'm not sure if I would, but I mean, there's so many options. They've got a double, Rafina as well. They've got a double. They've got decent fixtures in the meantime. Or they did, um, you know, when I brought him Bamford, he started off a good fixture run. So, yeah, I think Leeds are definitely a team that you know it's not. It's, we're not breaking any news here to say that you should be looking at Leeds assets. But yeah, if you're targeting the double, you need enablers. Like if I was you, I'd be I'd be looking at Grealish out for the likes of. Rafina, I'd, you'd save yourself a couple of mil uh, to reinvest elsewhere, and you'd be bringing in a double game week option. And, and that's not, again, it's no detriment to, or it's nothing against Grealish. Grealish will score points over the course of the season, of course he will. But um, sometimes it's not about that; it's about targeting the, the fixtures and the form, and and the price points as well. You, you're saving yourself two mil. It's it's, an, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money to be saving. And again, while I preach at one part of the podcast about don't care about value. Grealish, I got him at like 7.2, he's worth 7.89, I'll get 7.5 for him. So it's like, ugh, I'm going to want him back. But look, mm. you need to take those hits. You've took hits like that this season when I maybe haven't, and you're sitting 200k above me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, a bit, yeah, exactly. A big change for me was the week where I took out Son, Kane and Grealish as part of a minus 8 move. I think that was the difference between us because we started yeah. that the little side bet we have about painting each other at the end of the season. Yeah. We were pretty much in the same rank same points yeah you made that big change and i still have kane son and grealish and look what's happened yeah and they've done i think the week i took uh kane son out they both did well at home to arsenal a goal each and assist each uh, but since then they've been just spurs aren't scoring the amount of goals and again this isn't me saying they're bad assets but i just felt that kane to bamford was my move and possibly now over that time period i guess bamford's especially with the postponement tonight which is lucky of course um Bamford's probably outscored Kane in that time period, despite mm. doing well against Arsenal. And then going Grealish to Salah definitely worked. I needed to get Salah back in. So obviously I need to free up the money from Kane. So um, definitely a bit of, you know, it could have backfired. And But sometimes it's, it's not always about not believing in assets. Of course, I'd love to have like a 30-man FPL squad with Kane, Son still in it. Of course, they're like I, I love both those players uh, and Grealish. They're th- they're, those three are, you know, right up there in my top 10 favourite players to watch mm. but they're just not in my team because I've, I've decided to go down a different way um, 
and yeah it, it can it can work or it can backfire you just got to kind of have a strategy i guess so yeah th- that's the the bamford leads bit um kane my vice captain isn't there and then on the bench of forster who doesn't really matter but might start to matter as we've discussed mm. suchek coming on for the first time in weeks i didn't get any of the three goals he scored since he's been on my bench <laughs> but i'll get his three points this week Lamptey there and Lewis, who I don't have much faith in getting me any sort of return tonight against Liverpool. Assuming the game goes ahead, you never know. And yeah, so that's how I'm set up. I'm going to have a look at them. I'm going to have a look at these injuries I have, Taylor and Lamptey. I'm going to have a look at Grealish. I might take one of my first, I don't know if I've even taken a point hit this season. I've took one four point hit. This could be time to take another four or eight, make some wholesale changes, planning for that double. And getting rid of some shite. Um, and again, mitigating risk, which is the, the underlying theme of this this episode, I think. Yeah. So yeah, Wes, before we, we wrap up the podcast, I suppose we look through some players that we don't actually have uh, or haven't discussed who mm. we're either interested in or something drastic has happened. Good shout. Good Looking shout. through other players who've either had a good, bad game week or whatever, is there anyone you want to talk about? I'm just looking there, I suppose, again, at Timo Werner, another blank 18 minutes. Frank's losing faith, do you know? Yeah, he's got to go, yeah. In terms of Werner, he got 45 minutes against Arsenal and then got dragged at half-time because he was poor again and then he came off the bench. You've got players like Giroud scored again, Abraham scoring. I think they're wingers. I don't know too much. I'm not targeting Chelsea players, so I think they've got like their sort of attacking midfield wingers coming back soon, so there's going to be limited, not maybe limited game time for Werner when he gets back to form, but yeah, at the minute, he's definitely in a void. Um... A player that I regret, so a couple of weeks ago I had both Justin and Lamptey, um, but Justin had Spurs away and I wanted to get Robertson back in. And Lamptey, I was just going to give him one more game week with Sheffield United at home, um, but he didn't even play that game. So the lesson there for me is I should have just forgot about the initial fixture in the in the one game week. I should have just taken the fact that, okay, let's just have Justin against Spurs. And let's get rid of Lamptey because that's a better long-term move. And now I'll be sitting here. If I'd done that, I'd have an extra double game week player. I'd have a player who's actually fit and playing. And I wouldn't have to waste it, you know, use another transfer now and Lamptey out. Mm. And Justin was a player I wanted. So I should have thought more longer term there rather than just looking at the fixtures and seeing, you know, a plum fixture for Lamptey and a tough one for Justin. I should have, I should have scrapped that. Um, so yeah, Justin's a good choice. He's got a double game week coming up. He's still only five mil. So again, fits into the theme of a good op- a good cheap option with a double game week, sorry, I should say. He could very easily be my Tariq Lamptey replacement. And I'll definitely be looking at him. Someone, speaking of highly owned defenders, owned by 24.5% of people, Chilwell came back to bite everyone mm. who ditched him based off that injury in inverted commas it's yeah but it wasn't too bad because it was um i got rid of him based on in- i thought he was out and then he played in the arsenal game didn't he yeah but then he actually got only he got a one pointer in that game and then the following game got a five pointer so it's not it's too, not too bad, bad but it's but still a bit like yeah could have saved a transfer there he, he was my sorry i'm talking over you there he was my premium defender for the last lock of weeks and i got a few great returns off him but when I seen that injury, it was a good time to downgrade, put the money elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, I think I did, I don't know what, what I did there. Maybe Mitchell I got rid of or something. But yeah, it, it's not that he's bit me, but it's more a case of like, oh, I wish it's, I wish I'd kept you, you on the now. bench. Do you know? Oh, yeah, exactly. That's how I feel about Justin, especially. And I, I also took out Chilwell, but yeah, I know, I know, I know that feeling. Cresswell's having an interesting season. Do you know? He's on a lot of set pieces. He's using that left foot. Mm. 
um, to great effect. Yeah. Five assists. Now, one one of them, I suppose we haven't really talked over the last two game weeks. He got a four-pointer, then a mm-hmm. six-pointer, ten points over two weeks. And, you know, he's a double game week player with two plum fixtures that week. He is Burnley and West Brom. Yeah, and he's more... and. For for people like me and others who have taken the cheaper route with Balbuena and Kufal, those two players have both been rested. Whereas if you look at Craswell's minutes, he's still he's played ninety minutes in every single game week. So maybe he's a bit better in terms of his fitness, or maybe just Moyes just doesn't want to rotate him, or maybe he's due a rest. I don't know. But in terms of his nailed onness, he's trumped the likes of the cheaper options like Balbuena and Kufal. Um, and like you said, he's got five assists, which is which is very good. Um, and also, he's definitely got some goal threat as well. He's, he takes a few direct free kicks that have, and he's obviously got a really good left foot. So don't be surprised by the end of the season to see him have maybe one or two goals mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So they're the defenders that kind of jump out at me that are relatively highly owned mm-hmm. and had sort of an interesting couple of weeks. Um, in midfield, is there anyone you'd want to talk about? I guess it's, again, my mind's just sort of fixated on the sort of double game week players. Um, Rashford's got a goal. Uh, a goal in each of his last two games Leicester away uh, where he could have had two or three he then got a goal against Wolves in a pretty drab game so that was you know um, fairly not fortunate return but you know you feel quite fortunate when the game goes like that Soychek he's done really well in the last few weeks he's got a double game week and again he's again I keep saying this but he's he's that cheap that cheap option which allows you to get those premium players in Um and again, another reason not to worry about money. If you think, oh, I can't afford Bowen from... A lot of people had Bowen up, up on a pedestal above Soychek. But regardless of... If they were the exact same price, I'd have chose Soychek. Um, and it's proven to be correct. And it's cheaper. So, you know, if you've got the likes of Bowen in your team who, you know, he looked really promising. He had a double game week. Now he's kind of a um, fallen out. Moyes is maybe not fa- fancying him as much anymore. Then a simple downgrade to soy check, save yourself a bit of money, and you've still got that those plum West Ham fixtures for the double. Mm. Um, other midfielders, I, I, Pedro Neto, and I'm not even saying from an FPL standpoint, so it's almost like I shouldn't even talk about it. But he is owned by like 14% of people. Yeah, way too many. He yeah, he's he's not great from an FPL standpoint. I wouldn't recommend him for FPL. Now, okay, there's definitely worse out there, but I suppose for six million, mm. but. The point I'm trying to bring here is he looks like he's going to be an absolutely quality player in two or three years. Yeah, he's young He looks as well. like yeah. this. He, he genuinely looks the real deal. I, I could see him getting a big move and, and, and having a really good career. I really can. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And and in terms of FPL returns so far this season, if you're looking at things like key things you want to be looking at in terms of how many minutes they play per game, he okay, he's got a 20-minute in there in the league, so one rest out of... 16 games he's, he's fairly nailed on and if you look at all those sort of 80 minute plus ones there's a lot a lot of 90 minutes so he gets the game time which is good four goals four assists in 16 games not great but that's Wolves haven't been great so far mm. so again he I guess he, for me I'm definitely not looking at him if you're looking at single game week players so if you're doing a different strategy and building towards not using your free hitting in the blank game week 18 then yeah he's an option um, but again, from an FPL point of view, he kind of flatters to deceive um, a bit like his uh, his teammate Podence, who again, they both look like quality players and they've definitely both got bright futures. But are they going to be getting you those FPL returns now? Are they worth spending more money um, on them rather than the cheaper ones from Leeds slash Soychek Lookman? So they're kind of 
potentially overpriced compared to those. And yeah, so Wolves need to definitely improve from an attacking point of view. Yeah, I agree. Is there anyone else who jumps out at you uh, anywhere? I suppose Adams, Watkins, that kind of budget striker, six million. Adams hasn't done much. Watkins punished a few people. They got rid of him. Yeah, one last mid or a couple, two, two more midfielders. If you are looking for double gaming options, so there's Madison in there. He's had it. He seems to be having injury concerns this season, not really getting consistent minutes. But in the last, from game week sort of eight to fifteen, he was definitely a a regular in the Leicester team again. Um, he missed out against Crystal Palace, but that again could be a bit like Vardy. That could be a good thing, and that could mean now he's nailed for the double game week. And he had some form leading up to that. He got two against Brighton, a couple of blanks, then an assist. So he's kind of one of those players again who, like, a little bit like Grealish, kind of runs the show for Leicester. Looks like their best player every game, but then does he get the FPL returns? Um, but he's worth considering closer to the you know in game week nineteen. If you think he is nailed on for two starts, he is worth considering. Mount as well, he's ticked along. Um, what's it? Can we talk about the absolute biggest travesty in FPL? Go on. Guess who is owned by 5.6% of managers and hasn't got one attacking return all season, has scored um, 23 points this season, has played in every single game for their team. Ooh. Tw- 23 points, they featured in every game and they're owned by 5.6% of managers. That is crazy. Striker? Midfielder. Midfielder? But more of a winger. I've no idea. Who is it? This is one for everyone at home. Make your guesses. Are you ready? You want to know? Traore. Yeah, Adama Traore. I didn't realise he was owned by so many people. And he, he cost yeah. 6.1 million. I guess that might be dead sort of from last year. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely overpriced. Is that people still living off last year? Must is that be. people who don't? 5.6 people, 5.6% obviously started the season with them and haven't looked at their team since, but yeah, 23 points. Jeez. Yeah, I can't believe that sort of that sort of downturn for him. I guess it's a mixture of, I don't know what that is, maybe not having... Jimenez. Playing a few games at wing back, not having enough minutes at the start, and then not feeding Raul Jimenez confidence. That's the thing with FPL. I just want to make a point, John, in terms of obviously our friend uh, LCFC Statman who brought up Rashford uh, and we dismissed him at the time. Um, and the point there on Twitter, I was having a bit of back and forth with him where I showed him an article I wrote for another website which showed that I backed, um, I've been backing Rashford a lot this season, but just at that specific time uh, when he asked, we didn't back him. And that's likewise with Traore. If you said to me now, bring in Traore, we'd both... If someone asked us that, we'd both laugh them out the room. But last season, he was a valid pick because he was getting he him and him and as um, combined tons of times last season, and he was getting the odd goal. So you know, Traore last season, yeah, he was definitely a good pick. But right now, a hundred percent a massive no. So that's the thing. Play it's all based on you know current form, what the fixtures are like. Are they nailed? Are they going to be playing regularly? Are they happy at their club? Are they, yeah, are they, are they producing? Are they looking like they're going to score? And, you know, so, say if Traore was hitting the post every every game, but just not quite getting the returns, then, you know, he might be a sneaky outside bet to actually come into form. But he just doesn't, you know, he's not producing anything to suggest a return to form. Um, so, yeah, does that, does my point make sense in terms of sort of players can become good assets at certain times and then others not? Well, absolutely. It's your flexibility and it's about jumping around. I've been too yeah. static, I think, this season. Do you know, you got in and out of KDB. 
you brought him in, captained him for a good fixture, got 28 points or something. This was back around game yeah. week 10, I think. You kept him for three weeks. A premium player who cost that much, he probably took a good bit of rejigging to get in. And after three weeks, you said, nah, and you got rid of him, and he's done shite since. So, you know, it's about having that flexibility. People who are the plum pick of the week, situations change very quickly in football. Um, Adama Traore is obviously getting a lot of game time. What he brings to the pitch, which isn't necessarily goal threat or assist threat even, it is the fact that teams shit themselves and they double up on him there's double up again and that might create space for the other players to do more damage on the other wing you know so that there is again it goes back to that point there's good fpl players and there's good players and Mm. you know that there's a lot to it whereas based on time we'll take a couple of questions uh a lot of them have been covered exiled fi rich fpl fair play to his lads just give us questions every week we've covered your questions um in the first 20 minutes half an hour lcfc Statman, you've gave him his shout out which is pretty much what he was looking for um yeah he loves rashford fpl 350 what are your thoughts on taking hits to optimize your team for the double game week he used your he used his wild card early on and he's got 10 of it in his team and we'll, we'll just take that part of the question based on time i suppose taking hits to optimize your team for the yeah. double game week yeah, no, I'm all I'm all for it. So, if even for my squad that's in a really good shape, if I bounce back into week 19 with an injury, and I'll I'll happily take a minus four for a double game week player. You know, if that player, rather than obviously if I'm bench boosting, I don't want someone to score me zero. If I do a minus four for just a player who plays twice, there's four points. I've broken even without a clean sheet or an attacking return. So, the upside is is there for everyone to see, and the break even point is. Uh, really easy to achieve in a double game week. They just need to play to break even. If you if the person you're transferring out isn't going to play if they've got a long term injury, so yeah, I'm all for that. And especially if you're bringing in sort of high impact players, if you're getting rid of, um, I don't know, uh, an average single game week player for a double game week player who has potential to score big. Again, Rashford's on the mind. I'll use him as an example. He got a brace away at Sheffield United. He's the type of player who can get you know, really big scores. And if you're taking out, you know, that average sort of player who ticks along with an assist here and there for someone explosive, maybe Rashford's a bad example, I don't know. But, you know, I think the point still stands in terms of, yeah, you can get a lot of a lot of gains um, by taking out an average single game player for the potential of an explosive double game player. Very good. After FPL, FPL instead of FPL, I like that. Given all the chaos surrounding postponements and last-minute benchings, etc., would you say this is the definitive season where the skills tip in favour of luck rather than skill? Full disclosure, having a torrid season sitting outside the top two mil currently. Wes, I asked this so I could say it one more time. Yeah. Winners make their own luck. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. I don't buy I don't buy into that at all. I do, I do agree that if you've got, you know, um, a lot of... If you have been unlucky to have a lot of Spurs, Man City, Everton assets this week, I do get that. You you can have a poor week, but you can bounce back from a poor week. Um, like I said, with my own team this week, I've only had eight starters uh, and I won't even get a full 11 players. I'll have Vardy and Martial off the bench for one-pointers, but then you know the other players have made up for it. And you know you might have had a bad game week this week and like I said, you might have had bad luck this week, but you know you can get... It's kind of swings and roundabouts and I don't think... I think if anything, this week, this these sort of seasons lean more towards the skill factor because you have to be. There's even more things to think about and contemplate, like the fact that I kind of admitted that my mistake of tripling up on Man United players it hasn't bit me in the arse yet, but I see that as a mistake that I want to rectify. So you know, that's applying skill rather than rather than luck, in my opinion. Yeah, 
I think it's definitely a season where people who sort of navigate the the circumstances and the the risky aspect of the game plan better and and cover their bases better. Do you know, there's skill yeah. involved in all that, but these you, you could definitely through a little bit of research and a little bit of time give yourself a really good chance this season. It's not just about picking players. If if that makes sense, it's not just about yeah, your captaincy 100%. choices. It's not just about having the template and picking the right captain late in the season. There's a lot to navigate here. And I, I think while obviously luck will be a huge part of that, I still do think that the scales are still firmly in the favour of skill because I guarantee you mm-hmm. that the well-known faces around the FPL world will still have cracking seasons. Yeah. And this is probably a great opportunity for those guys and gals to, to get that top 10K finish, the ever-elusive top 10K. So we'll yeah. see how that one pans see, out. Exactly. You see some like um, FPL general on Twitter, Mark McGettigan, uh, good good pal of mine, really nice guy. But he's... um. You know, he's got a really stellar FPL history, three top, you know, crazily good, three top 500 finishes. And he's he's doing well this year. I think he's even, he's probably still ahead of me and I'm 20, ranked 20K. I'm not I'm not exactly sure what he's on, but at one stage, yeah, he's he's hovering around the sort of top top 20K-ish mark like I am. Um, so yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't buy into the, the luck factor. Um, but equally, if I ever do have a bad season, it will definitely be because of bad luck. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I think General's sitting on 12k getting into this game week God knows where he's at now or how his team's getting on I see that he yeah. I don't know what transfers he made I'm just looking on his December 28th tweet he definitely had Diaz De Bruyne and Son and Calvert-Lewin so yeah he's probably been hit a little bit Be like us all points, yeah. last question of the day and we'll wrap this up uh, captaincy is literally the statement from Mo3Taz. Fair play to you, I'll chuck you a like, Captaincy, because it's something we didn't discuss. Looking into next week, mm. uh, my armband is firmly on Salah and the vice-captain on probably going to be on Keane. I'm not going to put it on Fernandez against Villa. I'm going to put it on Keane at mm. Leeds. I think they're more susceptible to the counter-attack and, and the pace of maybe Sun's a better vice. Yeah, I, like attack- I, I do like attacking players against Leeds, so yeah. Um Again, if you've got Spurs players, you're probably thinking goals for Son and Kane, but not probably not a clean sheet if you've got the likes of, uh, you know, Reguillon or however you say it. But yeah, in terms of captaincy for, for my own team, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure yet. Um, so yeah, don't. This isn't me going to be changing my mind, but currently it's on Vardy away at Newcastle. You've done it before, Wes. You'll do it again. I have. I have. You've got to be flexible in FPL, John. <laughs> um, and my vice is on Salah. Depending on how Salah, you know, if Salah looks really good tonight. Um, my, my thinking with Vardy is he's rested. He will definitely play. He's playing, you know, a poor-ish Newcastle team. And Vardy's surprised me how many returns he's got so far. So 11 goals, 7 assists. And he's also had a bit of, he's missed a couple of games for injury. So out of the 16 weeks, he's, he's missed one full game. So that makes it only 15 weeks. He's came off the bench twice. So 13 starts, 11 goals, 7 assists. That's really, really good. And he's missed a penalty in that time as well. Um, so my point being is Vardy should be kind of in the bracket of, we kind of see him as the tier below Kane, Salah, De Bruyne, Bruno. But I think he should be in that tier. Yeah, I agree. I think he's been an outstanding FPL option for years now. Yeah. He's just elite, isn't he? Yeah. And that picture, and also with, I think if Salah had a, sorry to jump in again. So, Yours is firmly on Salah, but Southampton away. I know Liverpool can dick anyone and Southampton 
sometimes just crumble, but they've been pretty good defensively. And that's why I'm kind of thinking mm. Vardy's got the easier fixture. But, uh, you know, I will, in terms of what I will say about my own team, I haven't, there's a, there's a tool on Twitter that a lot of people use and post screenshots of how many captain points I've got. And mine's really poor compared to most people. I haven't. What's that website? I'll check mine. Uh, it's Premier Tools FPL or something. You might have to just search Premier Tools. But yeah, have a look. But my point being is that, again, I think we get folk, there'll be people out there that are ranked worse off than me, but have done much better in terms of captaincy calls. And again, this week, I might have already made a mistake. I went Bruno Fernandes, who got a six-pointer. Uh, Salah's obviously going to play Newcastle later on today. And Salah Pop, you know, is probably going to outscore that. So, yeah, don't take my word for captaincy. It's a, it's a tough thing picking captaincy week on, week out because you normally pick in between two good players who both have a good fixture. And to call that exactly is usually tough. But I think just captaining sort of those premium players in easy fixtures over the course of the season, you you won't get it exactly right every week, but you should end up with a good score. You've made me doubt Salah as a pick. I'm, I might have to go with one of the Spurs guys. A ballsy son captain. Kane feeding him through. Son burying two goals. Yeah. Oh, but Kane's on penalties. God damn it, Wes. Salah or a Spurs man. Then Bruno at home to, to Villa looks good too. <laughs> yeah, Villa again, Villa have been a, a surprise package in terms of how good they've been. But again, Bruno's one of those, you, you know, are we really backing Villa to keep Bruno out? It's, it's, It'll be tough. He's got a 17-pointer, a 12-pointer and a 6-pointer. Yeah. Um, you'd have to fancy him getting the game then they'll have two weeks off Villa at home so ba- to summarise captaincy we're both in terms of our own team we're both unsure and in terms of who's the best you know if you pick out of any single player this game week come in who would be the best option it's again tough it's going to be a really split week with people some people will go Bruno some will go Salah some will go for more of a punty one like I'm talking about with maybe a Vardy type player the Spurs guys as well even though Leeds are you know in their easier games, Leeds are keeping clean sheets, but will they be able to keep one against Spurs? Just looking at the fixtures now, seeing if there's any other standout fixture. Um, and again, Chelsea and Man City play each other, so those sort of assets you probably don't want. Yeah. And Liverpool don't have a, a really tough fixture against a top six team, but they've they've got the next best thing probably in Southampton. Well, the thing I think one of the next best what's things. really going to dictate my choice will be how many minutes Salah gets tonight. That that'll yeah that would help. That'll be it. If he gets ninety minutes, he's not my captain. If he if he comes off after sixty, he's definitely in with a shout. That that's what's going to swing it. That's why it's hard to um, yeah to sort of give an answer give now. an answer now. But I think Spurs look good. I'm probably not going to pick Bruno against Villa because Villa could very easily go and score three goals. But do you know it's one of those. I just I have a feeling about that game where it's one of those where people will be going Fernandez Villa at home. I'm captain on him. Some people will definitely be thinking that, but I just think it could be the surprise mm. package. Martinez and goal could end up with an early nine-pointer with 14 million saves. Yeah, and Villa have already done well against Arsenal away. It was at 3-0 and then Liverpool at home, 7-2. So they've got a bit of pedigree in the, against the big six at the minute. I just don't think it's the safest, Captain. But look, it's a tough no, one for it, actually, because there's a few viable options. Normally, it's pretty yeah. pretty easy. But anyway, Wiz, um speaking of captains... I've averaged 12 points per game week for my captains, apparently 192 total captain points. I don't know if that's good or bad. 192. I think it's about average maybe compared to some of the people I've seen on Twitter. Probably better than mine. I don't know if you can run mine on that tool. If you have um, your ID, I can. 3765. That's your ID? That's very low, isn't it? 
Yeah, so the way FPL do it is as soon as the game's released, if, you, if you're if you the first to get it, you get the number one. Ah, uh, so yes, yes. The lower number is like a badge of honour. Oh, so everyone races for that. Right, let me hit this. But while I'm hitting that, we'll see how you got on. Um, just a, another sort of reminder to people, go and download the Fanslide app, give it a go, uh, particularly before there's a big two-week break. There's a lot of games this week for you to try out. See how you get on. Add me and Wes as friends. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the, the leaderboards. Wes, you're a bastard. You have 210 captain points. You're doing better than me there as well. Uh, but again, that we swayed. My captain's already played this game week. So, you know, take 12 Ooh. off of that. And if your captain beats me today. So we're probably about similar. Yeah, we are. You've got 13.1 points per game week. I've sell it a go. So, yeah, yeah, we'll keep a track on that this season. But Wes, look, it's been a pleasure. Any parting comments? No, again, thanks to everyone for again like like the last pod. Just really thankful for the fact that the pod's growing, people are liking it, and just to keep helping us growing it. Send it in your WhatsApp groups, retweet it, uh, share, subscribe, five stars. Is it John? Is that what we want on Apple? Ideally, yeah, yeah, and um, <laughs> yeah, just all that. It's great. And I, we're not even just saying that ways that the the podcast is growing and i think it, i love it whenever it's those sort of awkward ones which there's quick turnarounds but still we're getting more plays in each week every week's getting more and more quite often with podcasts what you get is the first episode will always have the most plays because people are intrigued and people want to see it and then people who come in after the fact will go and click on the first episode but each episode is getting stronger so yeah. you are doing us the favor of spreading the word yeah that's the best thing you can do yeah 100 percent. and another thing to add on to that obviously we've done these last two pods have been combining game weeks because of like the crazy turnaround speeds and you know getting a getting individual pods up for the game week just wouldn't have been good quality so but now there's going to be a lot more space between the game weeks there's going to be one for every single game week hopefully release you know consistently tuesday afternoon time uk time so um we'll get that sort of there's been no consistency to life in terms of football over the last week or uh, you know 10 days or so with christmas with boxing day with then more fixtures but yeah a bit of normality will be nice in the new year absolutely well look we'll chat the is um I suppose next game week well geez wait there we'll discuss that ourselves Wes, but we've got a bit of a break now we'll work it all out we'll chat to you yeah. soon thanks for listening <laughs> yeah <laughs>